1: Welcome to the RoadWire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. It is Monday, August 28, 2017. We have a pretty busy Monday schedule tonight. We have 10 games on the slate, so pretty robust. Mm. Uh, a lot of bad pitchers going, but we're at that point of the season where most slates are going to feature a good number of back-end starters because teams are shutting pitchers down. Injuries, of course, are a factor. Uh, so you're going to have some really unusual names popping up on the pitcher list on a pretty much daily basis at this point as we do each and every Monday let's kick things off by looking at the pitchers on the board if everything goes as planned between now and first pitch Max Scherzer returns tonight he's 11,500 against John Carlos Stanton and the rest of the Marlins it's a home start for Scherzer if he goes I'm not really worried about the neck because the Nats aren't throwing him out there if he's not feeling 100% or at least unless he's Right. It's, if he's suggesting he's anything less than 100%, he's not making the start. So you have Scherzer up there at 11-5. You have Kluber out there at 11-2 on the road against the Yankees. And then Luis Severino going on the other side against Kluber, which might be a reason to be a little more pessimistic about Corey Kluber than usual. Uh, maybe that brings the ownership rate down. But Severino's at 10,000 flat. The big three, very enticing tonight, given how top-heavy this group of pitching is. Do you use any of those guys as your primary option for cash or possibly for gpps
2: well when the other two elite guys have their own inherent risk both in that they're going against tough bats and of course the other of the two top three two of the top three uh pitchers on the slate it's like scherzer's neck concern whatever that amounts to kind of comes out to like the same variable to me so i would go scherzer i guess because i mean uh 11.5 is a pretty nice price for him if he was fully healthy not on the dl you in this scenario i think you would definitely go at him so uh, with Kluber and severino drawing each other i think i would kind of use that as the excuse to
1: handle it that way now the optimizer with no regard for the type of contest that you're playing in just likes jeff samarja in a vacuum he's 8400 on the road at petco facing off against the padres team that's been bad all year it's been prone to strikeouts I think a lot of the interest in tonight's slate is going to be focused on Samarja and Aaron Nola. For $200 more, you can get Nola at home against the Braves. He's averaging 35.6 FanDuel points per game on the season, and he's pitched very well going back over his last 13 or 14 starts now. I think for for cash even, I'm at least thinking about Nola because it opens up some bats in that Tigers-Rockies series at Coors Field. we got an over-under of 12.5 in Colorado tonight, so to get some exposure you probably have to pivot away from at least one of those top two options and Nola brings you the upside you need to take down a tournament but also the floor you're looking for to be a viable cash option as well
2: yeah I like Nola more than Samarja Samarja's just been weird this year like he got he was pretty hot for a while there and now uh he's he's been middling with the strikeouts decreasing a bit in the last few starts uh fine enough matchup of course against the Padres um I feel like I picked him on a slate like a month ago when he played them and he totally disappointed so maybe that's clouding my judgment here but yeah i definitely prefer nola he just seems like the much better player to me and uh otherwise i mean at least for tournaments uh, i do like pomeran's a little bit 8700 um it's not not the greatest matchup but uh in, in a slate that's otherwise got tough matchups all over the place he at least brings good strikeout numbers to uh to I don't know, Toronto's a little more dangerous now with Donaldson kind of hitting his stride again. But, I
1: don't know, chasing strikeouts, I guess. Yeah, interesting that Stroman and Pomeranz match up against each other because I think they're both reasonable options at their respective yeah. prices. Uh, you look a little further down the list, under 7,000, Julius Chassin goes for the Padres against Samarja and the Giants. We've talked about the Giants as a weak offense time and time again this season. And it certainly it makes a lot of sense to continue to pick on the Giants as we move through the stretch run. I've been a skeptic of Chassin all year, despite the fact that he's been very successful at Petco. Uh, He had some swelling in his hand coming out of his last start on Wednesday. He's supposed to go tonight. Do you like Chassin at that price as kind of a tournament pivot when there's going to be so much interest concentrated on Nola and probably Samarja? Not
2: really. Uh, I get the reasoning, but uh, I know he's been good at home, but it just feels wrong to me like I, I don't understand how that result occurred so without understanding how that happened I'm, I'm inclined to think there's some kind of correction that that may loom there i mean he walks so many people uh it, it just i don't know doesn't feel like he can sustain that but i guess as far as a low ownership that part at least makes sense um trying to look lower here uh
1: is Sims at all a consideration for you as a GPP long shot? Could be. I mean, I think there's a little bit of upside for the price at 5800 uh, I think I'd rather throw Kennedy at 6300 against the Rays and hope for a big strikeout night. I know there's plenty of downside with that. I want to see Andrew Heaney pitch well before I throw him out there. Otherwise, he'd be in play home against Oakland at 6000 So there's a few cheap options that are at least on the periphery. Uh, Mike Montgomery against the Pirates at 6600 kind of fits that bill as well. I just don't think you have to go quite that low. Jose Urena gets a tough test tonight on the road against the Nationals. If he were 6600 against just about anybody else in the National League, that would at least be uh, worth some sort of consideration. But I think tonight I'm going to be looking elsewhere. Uh, I'm going to focus on NOLA because it really opens up cash as I mentioned before. Okay. And you look at the, the pitchers going in Colorado. Jordan Zimmerman and Antonio Senzatella are $4,500 on FanDuel. <laughs> there are six bats that cost more than the two pitchers pitching in Colorado tonight. So that gives you an idea of just... Hasn't uh, been pretty decent? He's been 20 FanDuel points per game on no. the season. Recently, not, not pitching well. He has not yeah. gone over 30 FanDuel points in a start since June 6th at home <laughs> against the Indians. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I, obviously, I haven't kept up with him. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so you definitely sold me on Nola. I liked him anyway, but I, I guess uh, it's just like normally it's hard to stay away from Scherzer at 11.5 or less as a, as a cash option. But uh, Nola is definitely going to be more of like a 10,000 guy next year. I mean, the Colorado
1: factor is the main reason for, for this. Okay. Charlie, Charlie Blackman at 4,800 is pretty much a lock for my lineups. I mean, leading off in Colorado against Jordan Zimmerman and a very suboptimal bullpen for the Tigers, like, if you're going to have that extra cash from clubbing down from Scherzer to Nola, upgrading an outfield spot to Blackman makes a ton of sense. Uh, even if I had only one option to use in Colorado he'd be my first choice from that lineup yeah yeah definitely uh
2: not to change the subject too much but if you were going with Scherzer and pricing yourself out of Coors for the most part as a result um seems like you might be able to do like a Seattle stack that I think has pretty good home run probability against Tillman like uh, Nelson Cruz at 4100 is pretty nice I think in that stadium against that guy pitching so uh, yeah i guess that's that might be the general framing you have to consider as uh, nola type with with a healthy amount of coors or kind of
1: going at like seattle type bats otherwise if you're paying up at pitcher yeah the four biggest turkeys on the slate based on the run expectancy senzatella zimmerman tillman and gonzalez that would mean mariners orioles tigers rockies probably your four best stacks in some order you know from there maybe you think about picking on lucas sims Interestingly enough, the over-under in that Royals-Rays game with Austin Pruitt going for the Rays, I mentioned Ian Kennedy before, that game's at 10 as well. So with all the attention being paid to Colorado and probably to that Seattle-Baltimore matchup, your your sneaky snacks, sneaky stacks, I like sneaky snacks snacks too though, I'm always thinking about snacks, they're going to come from that Royals-Rays matchup. So maybe that's where, if you are fading the colorado game and enrolling with scherzer or kluber tonight and you want to have a contrarian sort of stack that's in a great spot the over under of 10 makes the uh, the rays and royals kind of appealing that's supposed to be kind of split evenly too. the royals are minus 115 favorites so basically you're looking at a have those you know, two five pitchers and a half four and a half bad? sort of expectation and i guess they
2: have been that bad um yeah i didn't, I didn't notice that Pruitt gave up four overs in his last start so uh that's uh yeah that's interesting doesn't feel quite right like going at that game for, for a stack to me because uh, uh I, don't I mean know. It's,
1: it's counterintuitive to it stack is, yeah. royals or to stack anybody but at it kinda, the Stadium. stadium it kind of
2: makes sense too like it just it doesn't it's not as easy to sell yourself on but it, it does line up
1: at least slightly so a good plan if you're running a coors fade or even if you wanna you could probably throw some some rays and royals together with a Nola-Blackman lineup and get a little bit of exposure to Colorado, mix in one Tigers bat as well, and then load up there elsewhere. That could be a good tournament strategy uh, as well. Uh, position by position, though, let's start behind the plate. Wellington Castillo finally priced up at 3300 I like him a lot against lefties, though. And if I'm going to pay up for a catcher today, it's between Castillo and Jonathan Lucroy, more because Jordan Zimmerman is so bad that I think he can make a guy like Jonathan Lucroy, who struggled all season, look good yeah definitely there's there's a few
2: catchers that look pretty nice today wellington like you said um zanino if he's going against tillman at 3000 it's a bit much for the hit or miss nature but the hits could be big if he puts the bat on the ball um james mccann if he's in seems to have turned a corner in his development going to be in coors against senzatella um uh, tyler flowers is another option probably i guess yeah. whoever the atlanta catcher is I, I i like flowers normally but against nola it'll be one of the few days where i'm not oh yeah my bad atlanta i read catchers. that i'm i'm seeing things backwards yeah never mind i don't i don't like the, I, I was i was mixing things up there uh i do not like flowers or, or suzuki at all
1: uh what do you, what do, you do with posy at 2800 you know, we have an update on the site that says his thumb has been bothering him. Okay, that makes Ordin- sense. Ordinarily, I'd, I'd hammer that for twenty eight hundred. That price would just be a lock, even though it's at Petco as a righty. He's not as affected by that park as a lefty would be. I see Sal Perez at twenty eight hundred against Pruitt. Yeah, it's going to be the most popular catcher play on the board. I think even more popular than the Coors options. Yeah, and for good reason. So even if it's a GPP. I'm willing to settle that catcher spot with what I think is the best value play on the board in Sal Perez against Austin Pruitt. Yeah, it's not often that you get that
2: kind of uh, s- s- bat skill with over-under and at that price. Um, so yeah, that that's a definitely a good one. Uh, how-, how has Wilson
1: Ramos been doing lately? Is he also in play in that game? He's waking up. If you go back to mid-August, he's had a couple 20-point games. Uh, he's been in double digits, I think, six times. In the last 10 games he's played, so yeah. I think that's an encouraging sign as well. I think Not he's really thinking, hitting righties this year, though. No, but he's a he's a viable pivot, probably a little more GPP-centric oh, certainly. Cash, whereas yeah. Perez, I think, fits the bill cash uh, in both spots. Yeah, definitely. Any other cheap catchers you've been thinking about lately? Uh that sounds like a, a no. I think we can move no, on I'm to No, I'm looking pretty low here, and it doesn't look good. No, just, just lock in, Sal, and and save yourself the uh, the few hundred bucks from a guy like Luke Roy, unless mm-hmm. you're really feeling Luke Roy against Jordan Zimmerman today. Looking at first base, Anthony Rizzo gets Trevor Williams. He's the most expensive option if that game goes as planned. I know there's rain expected in the Chicago area. Uh, there's also rain expected for the Rotowire Wiffle Ball Derby going oh. down tonight as well. Oh, shit
2: yeah that is today I that's forgot. today oh man i have I've, oh, I have to shuffle everything now you'll
1: be all right you'll, okay. you'll you'll manage it's fun
2: oh no I just like i I forgot that it's today and now I'm like I noticed last night laundry was, type things are all everything's a
1: disaster now I don't plan well for things yeah the the puppy factor at home makes me not being home all evening more stressful for my wife but Anyway, it's a puppy. It's fun. Uh, First base, though, you look past Rizzo. You see Freddie Freeman at 4,100. I'm not using him against Nola. Uh, Eric Hosmer is up at 4,000. He's had a great season overall. People kind of overlooked that. Mentioned before, the Royals-Rays matchup is one that you may want to stack. That's an expensive piece, but... You know, compared to ownership rates on some of the other first basemen, you're going to end up probably getting Hosmer at a nice low rate. Uh, you look at Mark Reynolds at 3,700. That's pretty interesting. You know, Miggy, I think is still awaiting how the uh, appeal process plays out uh, before he serves his suspension. 3,500 for Miggy in Colorado. I know he's been bad this year, but bad players produce at Coors. And while I don't think Miggy's an actual bad player this version of miggy this broken version is a bad player so he's at least in play when for the last several weeks he really hasn't been for me as a mid three thousand dollar player
2: yeah i mean if if he is on the field and if he's at all right uh, that's it's not often you can uh, get him at that sort of price range and course certainly um looking a little lower I, I think you could say uh all of healy zimmerman uh is logan morrison back to his old self yet or is now two
1: homers yesterday so uh yeah morrison against kennedy morrison's a tremendous bargain at 3, So i think morrison and yonder alonso are the two first basemen i, I like a lot uh zimmerman certainly in play at 3200 and he might be low owned because of the lower over under total in that game only seven and a half but that's driven down by the presence of scherzer I don't think there's any doubt that the Nats can hit Jose Arena, even though he's Urinea's numbers are not good. Decent. Like he, I know he's he's had a pretty fine season, but
2: his peripherals are garbage. Like it doesn't. I know he's got the velocity now at least, but uh, yeah, that FIP's even higher than it was last year. The homer rates high, the walk rates pretty high. Not
1: many strikeouts. He's projectable at least. Yeah, uh, just, even though he's not necessarily a guy that you want to rely on. Uh, as a GPP contrarian call or anything you, like that, you would need to get a lot
2: more ground balls at least if he's never going to be able to strike people out. But yeah, anyway, I, th- I definitely think the
1: Nats could light him up. Looking at the top of the board, and you know, Reese Hoskins is really more of a first baseman, he'll be in the outfield tonight, so we'll get to him in a little while. I just didn't see a lot that was worth paying up for. I think the value again comes in that mid tier, whether it's Miggy, Lucas Duda. Yonder Alonzo, I think Healy's in play, especially against the lefty and Andrew Heaney, who just hasn't been able to find it quite yet, coming off his injury. Morrison Zimmerman, there are like five or six options yeah. that are thirty five hundred or less at first base. It's the kind of night where you want to go ahead and take advantage of those savings. Moving over to the second base spot, Jonathan Scope carrying the most expensive price tag of all the second basemen at forty one hundred. You can get Ian Kinsler in Colorado at four thousand, uh, and DJ Lemayhew at thirty seven hundred on the other side of that matchup. But then Whit Merrifield, who gets overlooked all the time, is sandwiched Just in the that. the greatest year. of all time. He's, he's the, the best GOAT. player. Do you yeah. take? Do you take Whit Merrifield? If you had only had one Royal in your lineup tonight, I think it comes down to Sal versus Merrifield. It's Sal, right? It's it's Sal. I think because he's cheaper. He's a thousand dollars less at a position with fewer quality options.
2: Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, Merrifield is uh very convincing. So. in in a 10 over under game with with a you know the bad pitching that that Pruitt has shown lately gotta like Merrifield it's just
1: like usually it's just kind of hard to pay for him nowadays I'm a little worried about Robinson Cano because he's been dealing with that hamstring injury I mean ordinarily this would be a spot that I'd want to have a lot of exposure Uh, I don't completely oppose it I just don't think if you're playing multiple lineups that you'd want Robinson Cano to be your second baseman in all of them
2: right uh but uh, what do you make of murphy at 3000 Is he just hurt i love that price
1: on day yeah it doesn't seem real i got a day off as part of the doubleheader on sunday you look at that price tag yeah he hasn't had a a monster game in a little over a week and he had a couple rbis against the padres back on the 20th uh he hasn't homered going back to the 13th of august the he's due narrative would certainly apply here but even if he doesn't go deep, I mean at three thousand bucks, Daniel Murphy can I love get the, you a couple knocks, the, score a run, drive in a run. I mean, there's a there's a nice floor there for a guy that also brings tournament winning ceiling as well.
2: Zimmerman and Murphy for sixty two hundred
1: against Arania is is a uh, kind of ridiculous if, if physically he's right. Yeah, it's it's pretty filthy. So I think Murphy's the, the best overall value at the position interesting that jose ramirez i mean he's been in a bad slump he's priced down at 2700 because he's going up against severino severino's good uh but you want really good if you want a contrarian call at second base that opens up some money jose ramirez at 2700 i think is at least an option in tournaments otherwise uh tournaments brad miller yeah brad miller had a terrible start to this season we know ian kennedy can serve up the long ball uh coming off a homer yesterday maybe brad miller starting to come out of a, a long slump As we move closer to the final month of the season, I could see the case for Miller as a tournament play as well. (coughs) Sliding over to third base, Nolan Arenado at 4,900. Great if you can fit it in. I mean, it's kind of Arenado versus Blackman in most cases, so you got to make the call. Based on how much you like the alternatives, the position for 700 less, Manny Machado going up against Marco Gonzalez and a home matchup to me is really appealing. Uh, and you look a little further down, Mike Mustakis still underpriced. He's 3,700 tonight against Austin Pruitt. I like him more than Eric Hosmer by comparison because I think third base doesn't have quite as much mid-tier value as first base does today
2: yeah uh let's see as far as those lower values uh
1: longoria at 3100 maybe a consideration yeah i think that's that's in play do you think devers at 2900 against Strowman is worth at least playing? in tournaments yeah
2: that's, that's i mean devers is just so good at that he's going to be the kind of guy next year and beyond who's you know 3500 up almost regardless of opponent. so when he's 29 even though it's not a great draw getting stroman it's a still it lines up a little bit at least otherwise uh chapman at 2800 uh for tournaments i think makes
1: sense um yeah it's against the lefty so i, I like i like matt chapman against the, a lefty in particular if you're going to slot him into a lineup any point down the stretch is uh, franco on the radar at all for you he is i think with so much attention being paid to reese hoskins you look at franco going up against lucas sims i think there's a good case to be made for him in tournaments, we know he still has that that big home run power. You know, 18 homers, 61 ribbies on the year. Really not that bad when you consider the quality of the lineup around him. I know the 224 average leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, he's a guy that I like when the price gets under 3000 at least for for tournament purposes. And a player that I think has a bit of a a step forward he could still take in 2018 too i can see myself having a lot of season long shares but also being interested in in michael franco early on next season he's one of those guys who it's like
2: there were high high expectations at a young age and people bought heavily and then he disappointed and now a lot of people are going to be bitter about it and yeah next year good bargain target probably
1: you doing anything with pablo sandoval right now i mean he's clearly more comfortable in san francisco but the even, even at his suits peak. him. He's like, in a better mood now. So yeah, yeah, well, food's better. Yeah. <laughs> the food in San Francisco is as good as it is anywhere. That you'd think that would be a problem, though. No, he's happy. So, right, but like, won't he be a very big boy if he's... He wasn't small when he was good. Yeah, well... Uh, That's the weird thing about Sandoval. People always make a lot of his weight. And it's like, did you guys watch him when he was good? Because he was fat then, too. His his uh, He has shot
2: the the lights of that san francisco stadium with uh, the button of his pants many a time um that is his gift yeah but uh anyway if we go to shortstop uh definitely like beckham uh 3800 is a bit high on a coors day but at he's he's such a good fit in that stadium and the
1: the pitching matchup is otherwise enticing too yeah it's weird seeing tim beckham priced up close to four thousand dollars uh but that's where we're at right now uh trevor story has had a disappointing season he's 3500 have you been using him as a tournament option when he's been at home uh not really and i I mean maybe this is a reason to use him
2: today but i wouldn't be inclined to use him at 3500 up um i'd I'd try to clear 300 more for beckham or go lower than that generally but i mean he should be better in the future than he has been this year and uh the talent i think is there it's just a Matter, I guess, of health and rhythm lining
1: up right. I'm back on the Angleton-Simmons plan as a mid-tier option, but Gene Segura being 3,000 in a matchup against the Orioles. That's a, the super chalks.
2: That's that's really cheap for him, and he does better against righties than lefties. Sh- shapes up perfect.
1: Yes, yeah, so you give him a park boost. He's a top the order. Definitely the best value at the position. I like him quite a bit. I've got a couple of weird combos where like Moose and Perez and then Segura and alonzo they might not be back to back in the order but you could see two combination players i like that a lot because segura at three thousand means you can get uh
2: you can get um, nelson cruz pretty easily too so uh yeah i like those
1: a couple seattle bats a couple orioles bats in addition to the the obvious course factors get john carlos stanton leading the way in the outfield at 5200 now 50 home runs on the season but it's a matchup against scherzer If you could have a guy having one of the best tears we've ever seen at minimal ownership, this is the matchup in price where that actually happens.
2: Right. Does it seem that that there's any objective value in taking that
1: risk, though, on a Coors day? No, not on a Coors day and not on a day where you can get... Mike Trout at 4800 yeah. going up against Oakland. I think Blackman at 4800. Yeah, I'm not going to 5200 for Giancarlo. Shouldn't Blackman cost like 5500 for a home should, matchup he against he should, Jordan Zerman? Yeah, he should probably be closer to six thousand or something. You mentioned Nelson Cruz earlier at 4100. Certainly a nice price on him. The way my lineup is playing out with Blackman as kind of the main outfielder, I don't have enough for another one of the expensive plays, but, so I have to look even beyond a lot of these mid-tier options. But if you weren't playing Blackman, Corey dickerson against kennedy definitely in play at 3800 for me mancini mancini would be in the mix as part of that game Uh, where are you at on kyle schwarber his numbers since the all-star break have been pretty good and he still brings that home run upside you're looking for in tournaments on a day-to-day basis yeah it's uh it lines up to some
2: objective uh some, some objective extent but uh I'm not drawn toward it. I don't really have any good reason for that. I guess I can't really justify it, but
1: yeah, not really drawn to it, at at least not at
2: that price.
1: Lorenzo Cain is in play for me as well as a mid-tier option today. He's a really good play, I think. 3,300 going up against Austin Pruitt and the Rays. So as many as three Royals could end up in my main lineup, the way this is shaking out so far. When you stack players, do you worry about whether or not they're actually next to each other in the lineup or do you just look at it as a combination of if they're close, you know, there's a decent chance that somebody in between those two hitters makes an out or singles or walks. And then it just, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I don't think you need to have it
2: one way or another. I mean, if I guess it's a, you know, even in the deeper, bigger tournament, even if it's like the eighth batter and then the first and third or something, it's like still kind of a succession um but yeah i just uh i guess i mostly just go for the bats that i like and and uh not worry so much about the the exact sequencing of any of it um what do you think about Marte at 3300 against
1: montgomery i'm thinking Marte versus mccutcheon's kind of interesting toss-up i like them both because mccutcheon's only 2800 he seems just off but that price makes it worth the risk yeah as a a gpp option goes i think he's at least on the radar for me despite the Excuse me. The lack of success in recent weeks. Uh, what do you see as far as other value plays? Like yeah, under three thousand. Seems 000. like they're
2: expensive today. The outfielders um, a little bit. Normally,
1: except, you got Schwarber guys more at like three thousand than thirty six. I mean, if John Jay were playing, this could be the kind of day where I might end up sneaking cargo thirty one hundred. Cargo, I think, is is an option. Uh, but there's not a lot as far as cheap outfielders that I like, and that could change when the lineups come out. But just based on who usually plays i'm not seeing much that catches my eye which may make me have to rethink uh the blackman call as a primary piece i may have to get rid of blackman i think it's mccutcheon to load up on the mid-tier guys
2: like mccutcheon's the only decent cheap guy right unless uh, adam lind is in maybe but then he gets
1: a pinch run so often um i mean yeah you don't want adam lind running late in the game but if it's not close game then it doesn't
2: matter necessarily deep shot brandon moss at 2500 bonifacio at 2500
1: if sean rodriguez is in there tonight and he's high up in the order he's only 2300 so i guess that would be a potential play um uh, you know matt adams against nola i'm not doing that because malik not playing smith nola. playing he's 2400 see is, he, is he hurt or something malik smith uh, i thought he was down at triple a last time oh
2: that's what it is yeah
1: i was like why is he so cheap in that over under yeah that, that's um, all that's all about um Pilar going up against Drew Pomeranz. No, probably not doing that. Not, so not it, this is one of those days where going cheap in the outfield is it's far hard. From ideal. The outfield is expensive today. Pinder against Heaney probably at twenty six hundred. That's going to get some run.
2: Uh, are Gamel and Martine sent down too? They're twenty one hundred going against. Martine Tome. got
1: DFA again.
2: Oh, okay, so if if Gamel's in twenty one hundred, I don't know.
1: Nah, not not great. But the park setup is at least. Such that you can think about it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of day in the outfield. I'm going to have to find some clever way to pull it all together and to keep Charlie Blackman in my lineup. Uh, Bradley Zimmer's price remains low. Today against Severino is probably not the day to do it, but right. if you've got to open up salary, I guess that's kind of on the list, and it seems like he's finally warming up after a brutal start to his August
2: yeah uh I guess it, I mean other than those Kansas City guys at 2500 Bonifacio and Moss it's pretty much just McCutcheon that that seems even
1: remotely viable to me at the at the other under 3,000 or so yeah I think'm I think I am gonna have to use McCutcheon just to uh, to make the numbers work and that leaves me scrambling in the high twos for my final outfielder maybe Yes, Cameron Maben at 2800 in play? Uh, oh, uh
2: Chad Pinder if he's in 2600 for tournaments against Heaney
1: yeah that's mm. what I was thinking too 2600 on him is probably it's, he's going to be heavily owned due to the lack of alternatives but it may be necessary depending on the rest oh of the he pieces. hadn't he, had, he got
2: hot again no that's I dropped him in SKL too that's why he's mm. a really weird player yeah he is but man that power is there for sure it's just uh hard to tell when it's
1: going to show up i definitely like spotting him in there uh, against lefties uh any other considerations for tonight i mean there is some weather concern i mentioned chicago before with the the cubs and pirates but it looks generally like it's gonna be pretty clear out there yeah it doesn't look like there's any
2: big worries there but uh yeah i i guess it's uh like like we said it's like scherzer nola kind of day and uh yeah try to chase those baltimore and coors spats otherwise yeah, I
1: uh, I agree with you overall. Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back. It's fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Already looking ahead to week one. I think Kareem Hunt's going to be in a lot of lineups, but it's going to be tough to fade him, given that he was priced as a, a backup or timeshare back initially. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at fanduel.com rw. You'll get a free 6-month Rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes. With your first deposit on FanDuel, just visit fanduel.com rw. Void where prohibited. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Roadwire DFS podcast. Joe and Todd are back with you on Tuesday.